Welcome to the message podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Make sure you join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road and a new campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, at our Harrisonburg campus, we have a Spanish campus that meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. Check out our website, cotnaz.org, for more information. Would you pray with me, church? Lord, we are overwhelmed today by your love for us. That there is, there's no mountain you won't climb. There's no wall you won't kick down to come after us today. You love us deeply. We are loved by you. And we're overwhelmed by that, Lord. We don't want to get over that today. I pray in the depths of our soul, that truth would permeate. It would change us. It would transform us because we are loved by you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, some of you are like, who's this clown and what happened to Jared? So we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, I'm so grateful to be here and so grateful. What a powerful time of worship that was. I'm glad I get to stay and do it again next service. That was really cool just being in the presence of of the Lord with you. My name's Adrian and I, I know some of you. I know a lot of you, which is awesome. But I know some of you, I don't know that. And that's awesome too that I don't know you yet because um, I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor at Church of the Nazarene. And this is a brand new campus that we launched in February. And so I get to show up just every now and then to say hi and encourage you and, and love on you because we're family. And you may look at me and be like, I don't want to be family with you. Too bad. You don't get to choose your family, right? We've learned that in our lives. Don't look around at your family right now, but that's true. You don't get to choose your family. So today, too bad. Uh, we're family. Uh, I brought a picture of my crew. They couldn't be in the room with me today. And I do this for a couple reasons. They're like really cool. I like them. But as soon as I show them, instantly I get a little bit more credibility because some of you are looking at me and you're like skeptical. You're like, what? But then you look at that and you're like, whoa, man, he has a good looking family. So this guy must be okay if he convinced them to hang along for this long. So that's my uh, beautiful bride, Lauren, there on the right. And we've got four awesome kids. Uh, Reese is 14. Camden is 12, and he's a giant man-child growing every day, eating everything in the house. Uh, Jackson, uh, there's 10, and that's Glory. Uh, She came to be a part of our family three years ago now, and she's every bit of four and keeps us on our toes. So that's my crew, and uh, I assure you today, uh, Jared wasn't like excited. We switched places, so he's preaching in Harrisonburg today. And I, I came to share here, and he wasn't like itching to do that. I mean, he was kind of like, you sure we should? So he really misses you. I know he does. And he'll be really excited to be back with you next Sunday. So please, please, if you're new or visiting and you're like, that guy was weird, come back next week because the guy with the beard will be back. So I, I, I want to uh, share with you a couple things today. And I'm super excited to get to be with you as we close out our series called Psalms for now, Psalms for now. I want to uh, do something a little bit different this morning. I want to begin at the end, <laughs> specifically your, your end. Now to get a little quiet at that point, that's a little bit awkward, but, but, but just hang with me for a moment. Uh, when, it, when you come to the end of your life, what is it that will matter the most? Now we've, we've had the privilege, really the joy and the burden over the last few weeks. We've had several uh, memorial service, celebration of life services in our church family. 
Uh, some have impacted this campus specifically, as I know Pastor Terry's mama, Miss Evelyn, went home to be with the Lord, and we celebrated her this past week. And those are, are joyous occasions, they're heavy occasions, but I, I just wondered today, if you would, think with me about when that moment comes for you. What is it at the end of your life that will matter most? Is it, is it how much money is in your bank account or the value of your home or whether there's gas in the car? Who knew that we were like going to worry about our gas again, but we're doing that, right? Is that what will matter? Is it the applause or the accolades or how many fans or, or your, how your followers on social media? Are doing? Is that what will matter most in the end? Why do, I, why do I begin with that question? Because in our series, Psalms for Now, here's what we've been doing. We've been uh, uncovering these ancient lyrical texts. These, these are praise songs, praise anthems that are thousands and generations and generations of years old, but we're discovering truth for them today. And today we're going to close out our series focusing on one psalm that King David, King David at the end of his life, He's looking back. He's thinking back on his life. And really, you know what question he's asking? He's asking what, what mattered the most. When it's all said and done, as I look back on my life, and, and remember, King David had some experiences, some good, some not good, some, but, but he's looking back, this king, on, at, at the end of his life and, and asking that question, what matters the most? So, so for you, if you were writing a song about your life, that would be interesting for some of you, right? Some of you would be really good at that. Uh, mine would be like really simple. Um, but but what, what would, that, would it be a love song? Would it be an ode to the, the lessons you've learned in your life? Well, for David, it, it was one clear, life-changing, life-altering truth. What was it for David? What was it that mattered the most? That the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Turn with me today. We're going to be in Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And uh, I don't have to tell you that this is one of the most famous Psalms, not just Psalms. This is one of the most famous passages of Scripture in all of the, Some of you are like, I don't need to turn to Psalm 23. I know. Yeah, well, turn in there anyway. It'll be okay. Uh, but this is where we're going to close out our series today. And we've been doing something a little bit different across our campuses in this series. We've been inviting another voice to come and to read. So my friend, uh, Michael Cook's coming. I can say my friend because I knew him when he was like an awkward middle schooler, man. I got to be his youth pastor and now he's like way bigger than me. So I got to be really nice to him, but uh, he's going to come and read the 23rd Psalm for us. And I'm going to ask you, church family, would you stand for a moment as we read God's word together? We believe that these words are powerful, powerful truth for us today. And so as uh, Michael leads us in reading, this is, this is the word of the Lord for us today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, we ask today that you would open our eyes, in our hearts, in our ears, that you would transform us by the power of your word. We believe these words, we believe these words are still at work today. We believe this truth is still powerful for us today. So bless the hearing of your word, and now open our ears and our hearts and our eyes as we want to receive from you your truth for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks, church. You can be seated. Thanks, Mike. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. I think we borrowed you from like kids ministry or bartered to get you here for like five minutes. So thanks. So if Psalm 23 asks a question, uh, this is the question I believe it asks, who will care for me? Who will care for me? Who will, when it's all said and done and I look back on my life, because again, that's what, that's what David's doing, right? When it's all said and done and I look back on my life, who was it? What was it that was there for me, no matter the circumstances? When no one else showed up for me, who was with me? When no one else would listen, who would? Who was there with me? When everyone else gave up on me, when I needed a hug, I mean a real embrace, not like a side hug, I do those, you know, but like a real hug, right? A real embrace. When I needed to know that someone could see me right where I'm at and love me in the midst of it, who will be there even then? Who will care for me. As David thinks back on his life, right? That's what Psalm 23 is. It's his reflection on his life and all that he's experienced. Uh, th- th- there's, uh, think about that though. Think about his life because there were twists and turns. Uh, that we could spend, you know, an entire summer just studying the life of David and some really good things, some, some victories, some, but, but also a, a lot of pain, some self-inflicted pain. Remember, we started this series in Psalm 51, a psalm of repentance where David is confessing this deep sin, this disobedience to God, this self-inflicted, right? Because of the consequences of his decision, yet he writes these words. He writes this praise song, literally in Hebrew, right? In Hebrew, psalm, that, that, that word psalm is interpreted praise songs. So that's what this is, it's a praise song that David's writing at the end of his life. And what is the visual that he uses throughout the psalm? What is the visual that he uses, the image of a sheep and a shepherd, of a sheep and a shepherd. Look, look, if you still have your copy of scripture, we're going to hang out here for a minute. And I know you're familiar, but, but this is what I want to do today. I have a really, really, really simple statement. So simple when you hear it, you're going to be like, that's it. And yeah, that's it. Sorry. But, but um, it's so simple, but I just think this is really profound. And, and as I looked at, you know, and again, we could spend an entire series on Psalm 23. We're not going to do that today. But as I looked at what's the truth of this scripture as we respond to that question, who will care for me? There's a really important statement, I think, that can be really powerful. I was really excited to preach this today because I need it. God's been working on my heart all week. So I'm going to share this with you in two parts, okay? And the first part of the statement is this, the Lord is my shepherd. Now you're like, dude, I read the first five words already of the psalm. Like, how is this simple? Yeah, I get it, right? It's right there. That's how the psalm begins. The Lord is my shepherd. But seriously, 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 church, these words are enough for us today. And this is all we had. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good truth for us today. In fact, you could, you could argue and suggest the rest of the psalm, it's only six verses, but the entire rest of this psalm is just working to describe that simple truth. The Lord's my shepherd. Tell me more about that. What does that mean? When is he your shepherd? How is he your shepherd? What about this time? What about that? Lord is my shepherd. That's the powerful truth of this. Let's again understand this in in, in its context. David is saying, when it's all said and done, he's looking back and saying, I needed a shepherd. Now, David was king. He had all the power, right? He had all the prestige. He had all the authority. If he wanted something, he snapped his fingers and it was brought to him. But even he is saying, I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. David was a shepherd. <laughs> he understood about, right, right? He was a shepherd at one time out in the fields, kind of ignored and, and, and put off to the side. But, but now he acknowledges, I need a shepherd. The powerful king paints a picture of himself as a sheep, 
Now, that's not a real compliment, you know, of all the animals that you could be compared to, right? He he doesn't say, I'd be a lion or a rhino or a fire-breathing dragon, right? Like, if you could pick, no, I'd be a sheep. You know, that's like, they're not real smart, right? It's not intelligent. There's not a lot of really great comparisons here. Like, oh, that's, except they're like cute and fluffy, I guess. So that's, at the end of his life, he's like, I'm cute and fluffy and I need a shepherd. But that's the picture we have here of David. Sheep, I was talking about this with my boys last night as I tucked them in as we're, we were reading the psalm together. I said, sheep are, are totally dependent. <laughs> they can't really make any decisions on their own. They really don't have the intelligence to know. If I go over there, I'll get hurt. I might fall off this cliff. There's a wolf that's going to eat me. Right? They are completely reliant on the authority, on the wisdom, power of the shepherd to lead them. But that is the image that David says. And look, 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 this is what it says. Look at it in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. So, so look, he, David's saying, I need something else. I need someone else leading my life. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I, I don't lack anything. Now, I don't know about you, I was thinking about this even as I was driving here. I was thinking about this statement. Like, is this statement true for my life right now? And I was like, well, I, I lack a new roof on my home, quite honestly, God, if we want to be you know, straight here. And I really could use some wisdom about this. And I don't know. In my life right now, it doesn't feel like I lack nothing. I, feel like I can point to some things here, God, that you could do for me. But David is saying, look, 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 because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. This is really what he's saying. He's saying, I have decided not to desire more than what the Lord my shepherd gives me. Listen to that truth, right? I have decided it's a choice. It's a decision in my life. Oh, I could make the list and I could decide of all the things I don't have and all the things I can, but but here's what I've decided. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have made a choice. I've made a decision that I'm only going to desire what my shepherd gives. I am satisfied is what David says at the end of his life. Because the Lord's my shepherd, he's enough. I'm satisfied. I'm not lacking anything. All that other stuff, all those things that could have, should have, I don't need that stuff. He's my shepherd. How is that possible? How, again, I'm trying to put myself in this position and think, man, how could I live a life like that? How could I live a life where I can come to the end and say, man, I got everything I need. How could I live that way? Well, look, just throughout some of the, some of the action words of the shepherd. In verse two, he makes me. Verse two, he leads me. Verse three, he restores me. It says refreshes in some of your texts. It's this idea of restoration. He restores me. Again, verse three, he guides me. It's not hard to read the psalm in reverse and understand what David is saying. I know what it's like to not be satisfied. I know what it's like to be in want and to chase after desires, but I know now I've experienced the Lord as my shepherd, shepherding me, and I'm not that way anymore. The Lord is my shepherd. Consider this for a moment. Who is your shepherd today? Who is your shepherd today? Because the truth is, listen, this is the truth. We are all being shepherded by something or someone. It's true. The answer to that question can't be no one, nothing. Me, I'm my shepherd. We are all today being shepherded by someone something. Your heart today, your soul is being guided and shepherded, whether you are even aware, daily choices that you make, the thoughts that we allow to take root into our minds that lead us and guide us. The truth is, sometimes the shepherds in our life turned out to be wolves, don't they? We're being shepherded by something. 
So, so can I be honest? I'm going to be transparent for a minute. Sometimes in my life, I'm really, really guilty of being shepherded by my emotions. If I was kind of being honest about my psalm today, it would be, my emotions are my shepherd. I want everything. I'm a mess at all times. I'm anxious and afraid. I'm just being transparent. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one, right? right? But, but seriously, emotions aren't bad. So don't hear me. I'm, I'm an emotional person. That's, I think God created me that way, and that's good. But, but, but the problem is, too many times, my feelings are shepherding me. My feelings are dictating what I do and when I do and how I, right? I'm not allowing the Lord to be my shepherd. I'm shepherded by my emotions and feelings. Let me give you a couple examples. See if any of these can relate to you. Say, say uh, you've had a frustrating day at work. And you come home, and again, because my emotions are my shepherd, and because my kid left his bike in the driveway for the 50th time this week, I walk in the door and I let him have it. My emotions are my shepherd, right? They're leading me. I'm upset, I'm angry, and I'm gonna let him have it. I'm gonna let him know. Oh, or, or <laughs> this is maybe a little bit more light, but, but, but I'm frustrated about a meeting that didn't go how I wanted to. My emotions are my shepherd, so now instead of processing, Instead of talking to the Lord about it, instead of just taking a minute to exhale, go for a walk, whatever, what do I do? No, 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 I grab the bag of Doritos, right? And before I know it, the entire bag is gone because my emotions are my shepherd. Ah! We can laugh a little bit at that, okay, right? We've all been there. Or how about this? I'm, I'm feeling lonely. We've done that, right? We've been there. You feel lonely. No one's been nice to you all day. No one noticed your new haircut or your new outfit. No one seems to care. So what happens? I'm, I'm sitting home alone at night because my emotions are my shepherd. I'm sitting alone at night, feeling lonely, feeling down. No one's around. And because my emotions are my shepherd, I just open my computer and let it, whatever website I feel like going to, whatever, wherever social media takes me, that's where I go. Why? Because my emotions are my shepherd. You see the danger, you see the challenge here. You see how quickly we can say in one breath, the Lord's my shepherd, but live our lives totally different way. We all need a shepherd. The, the danger of being guided by how I feel, it's all relative, right? It's just relative. I need a foundation. I need, I need something true that I can hold on to no matter the circumstances. We, we all need a shepherd. And the powerful truth that David says, looking back on his life, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Turn to somebody near you and just say that. The Lord is my shepherd. It'll be good for you. You can do it. You can do it. If nobody's near you. Just shout across the room. Somebody will listen to you. And the Lord is my shepherd, right? The Lord's my shepherd. That's good news. That's a powerful truth. That could transform your life today. Maybe you say, that's not true yet. I want it to be. That's a powerful truth. And now, and now the second half. The second half, it's, it's there on the screen. This is one statement, two different parts. The Lord is my shepherd, but look at the second part of that. At all times. At all times. Because you see, I could kind of fake the first part. Well, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, not yesterday when I did that thing, but today, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The powerful truth of Psalm 23 is the Lord is my shepherd at all Amen. times. At all times. There's a lot within these six verses here, but look, just uh, at verse two, there's this beautiful picture of green pastures of quiet waters, of restoration. It's, it's there. Look at it in verse two. It says, he makes me lie down. We're going to get to that word in a minute. Makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. This is, this is like the Lord is my shepherd in good times, right? In good times. Notice the sheep is actually being made to lie down. <laughs> now, that, that, there's some truth in that. Some of us, have no idea how to rest. 
Some of us resist this idea of green pastures in our life. Like God is wanting to bless us and wanting to show us things and we're too busy and too, he's like, he makes me lie down. Just lie down a minute, right? Look at the green pastures I've prepared for you. Look at the quiet water. Just stop for a minute. I want to be your shepherd in good times. Some of us look around today. God, God is good. He's been good to you and you're just being shepherded by so many other things. He, he wants to make you lie down today in green pastures. Wants to lead you today by, by quiet waters. Wants to refresh and restore your soul. Because he's, he's your shepherd in good times. In good times, I, I desperately need restoration. I might not even be aware, but I need it. And the powerful truth of, of the scriptures, David's saying, when the Lord's my shepherd, he, he restores me. He's my shepherd in good times. But, but you, you know what's coming, right? Because the truth is, the truth is the, the Lord is my shepherd at all times, at all times. And so we know for every verse two, there's a verse four, right? For every verse two, there's a verse four. And you're familiar with it in the text, but what does verse four say? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, your text might say the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now, now we get a different picture, right? First, we get this picture of, of making me lie down in green pastures. Rest, exhale, see my goodness, enjoy the things that I've placed around you, receive my blessing. But now, now we see something different. Now we see a picture of a valley. And we see that the Lord is not just my shepherd in good times, but he's my shepherd in the hard times, right? But because now the still waters and the green pastures have faded and now you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you been there before? Some of you feel like, can, can we be honest? We feel like we're there today. You're looking around and everything's a mess. The world is a mess. My family's a mess. My circumstances, my bank account, everything around is a mess. And today you, I mean, may, the last thing you wanted to do was be here maybe. You walk in the door and you just feel like it's, it's just a valley all around me. Death, maybe not literal death, but it feels like it. Just chaos around me. Yeah, I can relate. But see, there's, there's good news in the midst of it. And that's what I want you to hear. There's good news in the valley. I want to pause there because some of us, like that's some truth we need to hold on to today. There's good news in the valley. You thought the valley was all death and all destruction and all despair. But today, the truth of God's word, the truth of this shepherd at all times is there's good news in the valley. And it's, 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 it's two part. First, here's the truth. In the valley, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Hey, listen, fear is justifiable when you're in the valley, isn't it? Because you can look around and say, look at the circumstances. Look at the stuff. Look what's happening over here. Look what's happening on the news. Look at what's happening. My neighbors hate me. My family hates me. And it's justifiable. You can point to all the reasons why you should be afraid. And I think Psalm 23 says the same thing. Oh, you're in the valley. You see death all around you. Fear is justifiable. But yet, yet, because the Lord's my shepherd, I... I don't have to be afraid. In the valley of cancer, I don't have to be afraid. In the valley of relationship distress and division, I don't have to be afraid. In the valley of financial crisis, the valley of brokenness because of the mistakes of my past, I, even then, I don't have to be afraid. And why? Not because you're, you talk yourself out of it. You're so strong. You're so resilient. No, no, no. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Here's the reason we don't have to be afraid is because the shepherd is with you. I will not fear for you are with me. The shepherd at all times is with me, even in the valley. He was with me over in the green pastures and the quiet waters, but now 
He's with me in the valley. So because I don't have to be afraid. Uh, my emotions, if that's what's shepherding me, it's going to tell me, you better be afraid. Are you kidding me? You better figure this out. You better, no, I'm not the shepherd of my life anymore. I don't have to, I'm there in the valley and I'm looking around, but I'm saying, Lord, you are with me even in the valley. So I'm not afraid, but there's more. <laughs> I feel like a, uh, what, what is that? An infomercial host. Wait, there's more, right? But no, there's more. It's great that he's with me in the valley, but look at the truth of verse four. We're going through the valley, right? There's a promise in that. There's a promise in that, that this valley that you're in today will not be the end of you. You're going through. Why? Because he's the shepherd at all times. At all times, you're going through the valley. You looked around and thought, this is going to be the end, but because the Lord is your shepherd, you're just passing through. So because of that, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear because you're not your own shepherd. Your emotions are not your, your bank account is not your, he is the shepherd. Even in the dark valley, he's with you. And he says, we're going through. We're going through to the other side. He actually doubles down on this visual. I think David knows. He knows us a little bit, which is creepy because he's dead and long gone, right? But I think he knows, he knows that this concept is not easy for us. He knows that some of us know this truth. We've read this truth before, but we're going to walk out the door today and we're going to choose to fear. We're going to choose anxiety and stress. And it's hard, right? It's hard. I think David knows that. So he actually doubles down on this. He gives us a new visual. And this is not not the visual of a valley or a pasture or a stream. But, But instead, this is the visual of a banquet, of a feast. Some of us over this past year and a half, we've really missed gathering around the table, haven't we? I, even with close family, I know there's been times where some of us can't, so there's just joy in that. And there's, there's beauty in it. Some of you will have lunch today and just don't miss that moment. Just, wow, I'm getting to eat with, you know, this is beautiful. But this is a very specific visual. This is a visual of a feast, of a banquet. And notice, notice in Psalm 23 that he's preparing a banquet for David, right? But his enemies are there. His enemies are there. In the presence of my enemies, there's a feast, there's a banquet. This is, this is not just a meal like, hey, hung, we're hungry. What's for you? Pasta, great. This is a victory feast, right? This is, a, this is a powerful, symbolic, like this is a feast, a victory feast in the presence of my enemies. But there's a powerful image here. See, I, I like to imagine, I, I like to pray for victory after the battle is over. I'm in the midst of the battle. I'm saying, Lord, you got I've had enough. I can't. But, but the, the visual here is not that. The visual here is victory even in the battle. The enemies are still there. They're not defeated yet. They're not running and hiding yet. They're still there and they're chomping at the bit. But the presence of the living God, the shepherd of my soul, we're having a victory feast even when the enemies are all around. You see, this is the same visual as the valley of the shadow of death. In the valley, you look around and your fear is justified. Well, now you can see the enemies. You can see how big and strong. And diff- but, but, but even then, there's a victory feast prepared for you. And the shepherd of your soul invites you to come and sit in his presence. And there aren't any enemies invited to this table, just you and him as you celebrate the victory, even in the midst of the battle. The Lord is my shepherd at all times, at all times. When it was all said and done in David's life, he remembered, he looked back. Man, he, he fell short, didn't he? Man, he made mistakes. 
man, he experienced some really hard days, some incredible victories. But as he look, looks back, he says, man, the Lord is my shepherd at, at all times, at all times. So we began today with this question, right? Who, who will care for me? <laughs> Maybe for you, that question comes from a place of fear and loneliness today. That's a real question. It's easy right now in your life to just believe it. I don't, I don't feel like anybody cares. If that's how you feel today, man, my heart's broken for you. And I hope as a, as a church, we can come around and embrace you and, and show you the love of Jesus. Maybe it feels today no one cares. Maybe today the circumstances in your life, maybe your valley today, <laughs> your enemies gathered around, you're starting to believe no one cares for me. But today I actually believe God has a different question for us. That's a good question. But I think Psalm 23 asks an even better question. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? We're saying, we're saying, God, who will care for me? And that's, that's a good question. We can cry out to him. We can beat on his chest and say, God, I feel, I feel like no one cares. But today in response to your question, I believe the Lord has a question for you. Who's your shepherd? Don't answer that out of what I, oh yeah, I, Lord should be my, no, no, not out of some guilt or obligation or what I think is the right answer. What about in your life today? What is really true today? Who is really shepherding? What is really shepherding your soul today? Because the God who loves you and created you, he longs to walk with you. He longs to make you and lead you and restore you and guide you. He longs to be present with you moment by moment by moment at all times, but, but only you can answer that question. Students in the room, your, your parents can't answer that question for you, right? Husbands, wives, your spouse can't answer that question for you, right? Who is your shepherd? Hmm. Psalm 23 closes with a, with a really powerful reminder, a, a benediction of sorts. And so uh, today, I, I'm going to invite you to do something with me. I'm going to invite you just where you're at. Would you close your eyes? You guys have been super attentive, leaning in with me. You've given me your full attention. I'm super grateful. But I, I just don't want to miss maybe today what it is that God would want to say to us. In just a minute, a song's going to be played, and they're going to move into place while we're sitting here for a moment. But as, as you sit here for a moment, and I'm going to invite you to close your eyes because sometimes we get distracted and we're not going to tarry, as they say back in the day, right? We're not going to wait here long. We're not going to draw this out forever. But I do just want to pause for a minute. I do want to give you a moment to reflect on this question. Who is your shepherd? But then as you're, as you're listening now with your eyes closed, removing distractions, I want to read these words to you. I think this is a powerful truth. I think this is a powerful promise today from the shepherd who longs to guide you and lead you. Surely, surely, Lord, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right there, uh, where you're sitting with your eyes closed, I, I want you to, I want you to have this final picture. You know, goodness and love are not like goofy characters dressed up in outfits chasing us down the road. When it says goodness and love will follow me, you know what that means. It means the shepherd. He is goodness. He is love. The promise here 
when he's our shepherd at all times is that he will follow. He will be with us wherever we go. And, and we get to dwell in his house, in his presence, in the shadow of his wing all of our days today. Today, I want to invite you into that kind of a promise. The promise today that no matter where you go and no matter what you do, and man, who knows what lies ahead for us, right? But the shepherd of your soul, his goodness and mercy will follow you. It will walk hand in hand, arm in arm with you. And you get to dwell in the presence of the living God for every single moment of your life. There will never be a moment. There will never be a valley. There will never be an enemy to pop up from behind where the presence of the shepherd will not be with you, where his mercy and his love and his goodness will not surround you and walk with you. Father, today we, we receive your word as true. We believe these words spoken, written generations ago still hold incredible truth for us today. We believe today that each and every one of us need a shepherd. And today you, you want to invite us into a relationship with you where moment by moment, day by day. Some of us in this room are like, oh yeah, I, I've done that. I've been there. But maybe today you've allowed something else to begin shepherding your heart. Maybe you've been looking to some, something else, other people to care for you in the way that only he can. And so today in these quiet moments, I just want to invite you. Let him be your shepherd. Lord, you're near and you're close and you love us and your goodness and your mercy. You desire to walk with us all the days of our life. I pray today we would respond with open hearts. Let you be our shepherd. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.